and welcome to the Football Scotland Daily Podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today I'm joined by Jules Captain Howdy Boyle. Afternoon. How are you doing, Jules? Not too bad yourself, mate. Mm, well, I've been better, but let's not go into my personal grief. <laughs> For we a change. Be, we could be here all day. Indeed we could. Um, what are we going to be talking about? Well... All the weekend's action, it was quite the weekend for the Scottish Premiership, not least because we had a Hibs Hearts derby, we had a titanic struggle between St Johnston and Rangers, not really. (laughs) We had Celtic versus Kelly in which uh, a a rejuvenated Neil Lennon was yellow carded rather than being sent off to the stand. Um, He said he was a changed man. Yes, straight away. A new mature. (laughs) And we have some action for the rest of the games to cover as well. Jules, we're going to start off with uh, the salt and sauce derby, El Saquino, as El it was uh, billed before the encounter took place. Turgid, turgid first half. It really was awful. We were all thinking, oh my God, how are we going to be able to sit through another 45 minutes of this? And then in the second half, the game sprung to life and it was absolutely brilliant entertainment. It was. It totally was. Literally, I mean, it's the, obviously the old cliche of game of two halves, but my God, this was a different thing. Uh, considering there was so much going into it with both managers, with fans, with everything going on about it, that first half you're thinking, really? Because it was it was absolute murder, and obviously you have to watch it. But it was just that you're thinking this is good. And a lot of the time, Edinburgh derbies, no offence, salt and sauce fans, um, can be a bit turgid. Um, a lot of the time, it's not unusual. It's not, a, it's not a place that's known to go for classy, no passing. Football. No, it definitely isn't. But the second half was, was a really exciting game of football. I mean, it was a war of attrition still at times. I mean, it was it was it was full on old school blood and thunder game of football. But it was it was really entertaining. Um, obviously, Hibbs' first goal, our only goal, um, was an absolute screamer. Um, I did I did have a weird feeling that Hibbs were going to do it. Um, just out of the way the way the psychology of Hearts was going. That was it was more that obviously Hearts. I think have got a better squad. But watching them come back again, it was you were kind of seeing a bit like the squad that Hearts have got, the talent they've got, the players they've got there. There's no way they should have been in that situation in the first place. There's no way they should even be in eighth or wherever they are now with that squad. Things are obviously wrong around it and there. And watching that there, it is only one game. Um, you saw what it meant to Craig Levine. How <coughs> much that will save his job or save the criticism of him? It's only one game. I mean, it was against Hibs. It was at the, at the peak time. Do you know what I mean? If that was, if lost that, they, it was against Hibs and they're rubbish. That, so so. It's against Hibs, but more, more it was against their their city rivals as well. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't. If you were going in so heavily down and then you lose to Hibs, that'd be a nightmare. But they didn't. They pulled it off, and I think he's, he's bought himself. I don't. You know, folks keep saying, "Oh, it's survival." Here we go. It's one game, and I think he's bought himself. You know, slightly folk off his back a little bit. But listen, we've been talking about how Hearts have a really, really good squad, yeah, they do. Full, full of international players. Yep. And perhaps, perhaps, maybe, Levine had a slight point in that now a couple of those players start coming back in. Um, you've got Rio, the, the Japanese lad up front, who has come from Man City and looks a player. Does indeed. Um, you've got Michael Smith came back uh, in the defence. They start to look a lot more solid. They went for a back three. And, and you're just starting to look at them and say, well, if you insert Naismith in here, all of a sudden, you can yeah. see that there's... There's signs that this could actually work. It could um, turn around, possibly. M- Michael Stewart obviously highlighted, uh, I think, uh, very expertly that um, the, the changes that Craig Levine made later on in the game were the difference bringing yeah. on a wide player. 
um, and and really going for it and getting bodies in the box and, and certainly in that last thirty minute period, Hearts looked really really good to complete control of the game. Yeah, he got his tactics spot on. He definitely did. And Uchiek Piezu, unplayable when he's like that. I mean, yeah. uh, that 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 first goal, the equaliser, a tremendous, powerful, muscular bit of play because yeah. let's face it, Ryan Porteous is no mean physical <laughs> specimen himself. Yeah. And Ek Piazzi just brushed him off like he wasn't even there. It was like the Hulk going tonto in the middle of loads of guys <laughs> jumping. It was just, it was Avengers just, Assemble. Yeah, totally. Just like banging them off. Do you know what I mean? It was. And I mean, I've been critical of Levine's tactics in the past. I, I think you're totally right in a way. You know, they're bringing these more people back at the team. You can see the, 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 the more choice they've got, the more the more talent there is to, to play with and stuff. But they have been on a poor run for a long time. And they obviously they have been ravaged by injury. But they've got enough of your squad to have been doing better than they have. I mean, mm. That's the thing. And they get to this point now, yeah, sure. And they get Naismith back in. I mean, we keep talking about it. When Naismith comes back in, it'll be better than that. And then he's back for 10 minutes. Oh, he's injured again. And he's off. Is he coming back for He's got it's three weeks. Three think, weeks again. There you go. Again. Do you know what I mean? As they, they should have been doing better even with the players they had. And now these people come back in, you can see it's getting better. I think there's deeper rooted, uh, yeah, there's more deep rooted problems than just the injuries and what and what they've got. I think there's there's a. Did a you swallow a gremlin there, by the way? I did indeed. Yes, it was very tasty. Nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did just spit it out. Freak out um, the listeners as they drive home. Totally. No, <laughs> the fagging days. So that kind of bit tasty. Um, I think there's more going on there. Basically, I think it's early doors, but we need to wait and see where it's going to go with them. I think. Um, they're thinking it's all going to be okay now or people are coming back and everything's going to be okay at Hibs I have, Hibs at Hearts is, is a bit early Levine said that in his after-match conference yeah. he said at the end of the day this comes down to the Aberdeen game now uh-huh. we've got through this hopefully that gives me some respite hopefully yeah. it gives the fans some pleasure because they haven't had a great time of it recently watching us no but he knows listen he needs to go and get a result against Aberdeen if he yeah. gets them into that semi-final of the Betfred Cup yeah. all of a sudden Perhaps the mid music does begin yes, to change a little bit. Exactly, players start coming back, and hearts start to pick up a little bit. Yeah. Now he could, he could get out of jail free if he manages that. Whether he does or not is a different question. Yes, um, time will tell on that one. But yeah. uh, obviously, this result heaped much more pressure on Paul Heckingbottom. Yeah, disastrous. Hibbs really, really in the mire. A, a dreadful performance. Hard to yeah. really see what kind of a team they are. They're sort of medium block. They don't go forward, they don't go back, <laughs> they, they don't counter-attack. It's hard to really say yeah. what Hibs are as a side. They, they, don't, they don't look cohesive no, or... they just kind of like turn work, up. Yeah, working <laughs> to a plan. Uh-huh. And I know that he said, you know, we need to go back to, to the, the drawing board with this and we need to do the basics and perhaps that's, that's part of the idea. Okay, let's yeah. move away from a very structured idea. But at the same time, it just it looks like a, a guy that's lost a little bit of control, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I can't see where it's going to go or where it's going to take it. As you say, they don't they don't seem to do anything particularly well, but they also don't seem to try and do things particularly well. They don't seem to have any sort of focus at all. Do you know what I mean? It's just they, they just seem to be on the pitch. You know what I mean? It's as much as you can say. Well, Hibs, all where they play football. Do you know what I mean? That, that's as far as it's going. <coughs> um, I mean, you, you, I mean, you know, Hearts obviously as we talked at length, they're no great shakes at the moment. They never really looked, apart from the goal, obviously, they, they had chances in goal that were spurned, they, they looked ropey at the back, they didn't look particularly solid in the middle, it was just, you're just going, they were just there, do you know what I mean? And you have to look at what they've got coming up, do you know what I mean? Because obviously they've got Betfred Cup uh, coming up this week, and then they've got, where are they going to get points from? They've got Celtic, and they've got Aberdeen. And you just think, you know, where, where are the points going to come from? Obviously there's a good chance they can end up without the Cup, Yeah. and then they get Celtic, 
with a very good chance will rattle them. And then Aberdeen, very good chance will do them as well. So they could end up now, you know, another six points adrift and out the, out the first cup. You've just got to think, where, where, where does it go from here? I mean, where, where do they improve and where does Heckenbottom take it? They've had experience taken away from them in defensive areas. Mm. But for me, if you look at Hibs' squad, there's players there that can be very dynamic on the counter-attack. You've got Horgan, who I think mm. is, a, is a very good Premiership standard very winger. So. Yep. Glenn Middleton is very, very quick and is impressed, not just in the Premier League, in the Premiership, but in Europe for Rangers. He's yeah. a player of real quality. And I think those two players should be utilised a lot more. Hibs should be set up to be springing forward in the counter. They've got yep. Scott Allen who can find these players. And listen, there's a lot of controversy about Florin Camberry, how good he actually is. But whenever I see him in big games, I'm often impressed. Yeah. And he's only got four goals in 21 uh, Premiership games since Neil Lennon left the club. So clearly something's not right. Yeah. Something's not working. But he's got the raw ingredients there to be yeah. a very good player. And I just think they need somebody who can come in and basically put that blend together. But in yeah. the forward areas, that's quality up yeah. there. That's more that's a lot more quality than 11th in the Scottish Premiership, believe yeah, me. definitely. Um, totally so if they agree. can get some of these guys back, the more experienced players like David Gray back in that team and a little bit more solid... I still think Ryan Porteous, as good as he is and, and as highly as a rate him, I think he's a little bit rash. And there was a couple of moments in the game yesterday where he was throwing himself into challenges. And I just think that's going to hold back his career because he's yeah. going to end up injuring himself again. It's yep. already happened once. Yep, yep, yep. People have been warning him for a long time. But he, he, he continues to do that. He was talking about that in, in, in the papers the other day that he, he was becoming less rash because he'd looked back when he was injured on the way he played and, and sort of put two and two together and said, I need to pull back a yeah. little bit but I didn't see any evidence <laughs> not, of it not, not Sunday um, no Go and on. listen <laughs> it's a derby the blood is rushing it's pumping yeah, you're but. excited but at the same time I think that's something he needs to work on definitely but I thought um, Chris Commons was he eviscerated Leanne Dempster in his column in the Daily Mail today some interesting quotes we've got this story up on Football Scotland he's saying uh, the buck will obviously stop with Heckingbottom but fans should also be asking questions about Chief Executive Leanne Dempster and all of this. It looks like she has got this appointment horribly wrong and fans made their feelings abundantly clear outside Vista Road after the game. It's far too late now, but there must be a part of Dempster that wishes she could turn back the clock and do things differently. She wouldn't be human if she didn't regret the way she handled things with Neil Lennon in January. What do you make of that? Interesting. I think, well, obviously you need to remember it, hey, know what exactly happened with Neil Lennon. I mean, apparently she's still got a photo of him on her desk or on her wall. Um, well, we don't know about that now, but she did after <laughs> she the did, end. Yeah, yeah. She did, yeah. Well, that was, that, was not, not, you know, that was a few months ago. Yeah. Um, it looked like she'd done a good appointment, though. That's the thing. When Neil Lennon left, they weren't doing particularly well. And then Heckingbottom came in and then just got him right up the table. They played really well. They, they, they were hard to beat. It looked like a really a great appointment. You know, by the end of the last season, I was, I was fancying Hibs for an easy, easy, you know, maybe fifth place, I, 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 you know, I could easily do that. Challenging for the fourth, they were looking really good, but now it's obviously, it's, I mean, it's literally an absolute nosedive. I think it's kind of harsh to, like, unload on Dempster as much as he has there, do you know what I mean? Because, who knew? Because because from last season, it was a good appointment. She, right. got, she got it bang on. Dempster came in, she got rid of Terry Butcher, yep. it was a disaster. Yep. She brings in Alan Stubbs, who wins the Scottish Cup. I mean, most, yeah. most <laughs> Hibs fans would have given their eye teeth for Take that. that, yeah. Um, then, when he moves to Rotherham, Neil Lennon comes in, gets him straight up from the championship. Yep. The season after that, he does brilliantly. Should have really 
finish second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it does go slightly wrong, to say the <laughs> least, uh, the season after that. But she appoints Paul Heckenbottom, who rescues the yeah, situation. Yeah, so I think yeah. it's really, really harsh I think it's unfair, yeah. to blame Leanne Dempster. There's a more than a little touch of revisionist history about, about this. Aye. But Commons are good at that. Here's the thing, right? While I feel that way, I also think brass tacks, Neil Lennon's the best manager Hibs are ever going to be able to afford. Yeah. Uh-huh. Neil Lennon's proven at Celtic. Yep. He is a very, very yep. good manager at uh-huh. this level. He knows exactly yep. what to do to get a winning team on the pitch. He completely changed the mentality of Hibs. They went from soft touches puff. to a team that you just really did not want to play, yep. especially if you're a Rangers or Celtic. He, yeah. They gave them such a hard time oh, totally. under Lennon. He got them yeah. motivated. He got them organised. Yep. And listen, this is the problem that Hibs have because, yes, it ended badly, but Lennon, he changed the expectations of the support a little bit. And yeah. They saw, right, okay, with a good manager, this, can, is, this is what yeah. we can potentially do. We yeah. can be a threat again. And they should do. And the concern is they've now moved backwards. They've gone back to this strategy of picking up poor lower league players. I mean, Christian yeah. Deutsch for £350,000. I mean, yeah. that is... That's an enormous amount of money for a for a non for, old firm club. Sorry yeah. to say the word old, old firm. Your, your pals oh, will be phoning me up. I think it's for Cody Glasgow Derby. I think you'll find. Um, it's, it's an enormous amount yeah. of money for Hibs. Uh-huh. And listen, uh-huh. they have to get if they're going to splash they that kind of right. cash. They have to get it right. And this boy's come in, um, not scored a Premiership goal, and has really not even really threatened to even get no. a game. No. And that's when Cam Berry's misfiring. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's that troubling it times. Do you think uh, Heckenbottom will survive? No. No? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think he's struggling now. And as I said, he's got these games coming up. He's going to be under already pressure. He's going to be under even more. Is it Celtic Aberdeen coming up in that cup game? Um, so in, a, in about three weeks' time, it could be out of the cup and another six points down. Um, well, St. Johnson, I, I, I meant to check actually what St. Johnson's fixtures coming up are. They could easily overtake Hibs. Do you know what I mean? because we'll talk about that later on for what we were looking at yesterday, they could. it's not unheard of that they could actually leapfrog over them. So in three weeks' time, Hibs could be out the League Cup and at the bottom of the table. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's going to make the pressure on Hake and Bottom quite overwhelming. I think it's going to be very, very difficult. And I think we're going to be in a situation where it's, uh, it's early enough to be cutting their losses. Because it's Wednesday night, Hibs go to Ayrshire yep. to play Kilmarnock. Yeah. Quarter-final, Betfred Cup. Hibs fans will expect... Paul Hagen bottom side, yep. despite their form, yeah, yeah. to over to turn over Kilmarnock there. Yeah, they will. Because Hibs are a bigger club than Kilmarnock. Exactly. They've probably got a bigger wage budget, I would imagine. Yeah. It's certainly on paper, I think Hibs have got some very, very good players that Kilmarnock would, would Indeed. absolutely snap your hand off. Jump over, yeah. So that's going to be a really difficult one on the plastic pitch. I know they lost three goals <laughs> going on about nine at the yeah. weekend. But generally, Alessio has got a very, very solid defensive unit there. Very much so. And and I think Hibs are going to struggle in that game. And I I think it could be the result of that game that decides his future. But but time will tell. Let's move on because we've got other games to discuss. Celtic against Kelly, which I just referenced there. I thought Celtic were bordering on sensational. Yeah, they were. They absolutely were. Even though they went a goal down. I mean, that goal came so out of nowhere. Um, I mean, you talk about against a run of play. It was literally... Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's also right, a okay. wicked deflection. Oh, aye, totally it was. But to be fair play to them as well, but it was so against the play. But even then, at no point did, did was it remotely worrying that they were going to win at all, or even draw. Do you know what I mean? It was literally such a confident, dominant Celtic performance, the kind we're seeing more and more of. They were just on it. As soon as, you know, I think, uh, obviously, Edward got the 
first goal, the first goal with the head, which was lovely to see. But the second one, it's another one of those ones. As soon as he gets that ball in that area, you just go, here we go. It's, it's getting to that point. Forrest was unplayable. They're flying for all areas. They're attacking for all areas. Everyone's having shots. It's not just, you know, it's Lennon's thing that he's been working on. It's not that, you know, the, the Rodgers passing possession thing. It's this really frantic, furious, all areas, different types of goals, different types of attacks, different players mm-hmm. doing it. And it's making them almost unplayable. When you see at the moment, obviously, they're in their 100% record, but they've not looked remotely threatened at all in that, that game yesterday. And that's no disrespect to Kamarnock, who, you know... It's variation that's impressive. Yeah. And yeah. you match that performance yesterday against Kilmarnock with the way they went about the Rangers game, uh-huh. which was very pragmatic, very organised, very disciplined. Yeah. That they can adopt such a massive fundamental change to the way they go about the game mm-hmm. speaks yeah. volumes for uh-huh. what Neil Lennon's doing on the coaching pitch yeah. for me. So, so very, very impressive. Just want to touch on Kilmarnock because... I watched the footage coming in, and while I agree with what you're saying about Odson Edward, and he is looking massively impressive and is having a great season, and I think Brunescu had a really good game, a couple of unbelievable <laughs> saves. He did. I didn't think he covered himself in glory with either of the two goals from Edward. Now, the first yeah. one, the header, the header's almost directly at him, and he kind of just yeah. falls static. Yeah. He doesn't dive down. Uh-huh. And I know it was a powerful header, and I know... I think was it was it power was nowhere near him was it, was no, it was yeah it, I think it was, was power it, yeah might have been Finlay actually it, now that I, I say that maybe anyway whoever anyway. it was no, I think yeah. it was Finlay actually right, right. Finlay didn't get anywhere near him was caught the wrong side of him uh-huh. um, but and it was a powerful powerful header but I felt I felt like he he didn't show a lot of mm-hmm. sort of movement in his legs there for that one um, and for the second one. I'm wondering why he rushes out because he gives Edward's the kind of guy that if you rush out, you're giving him a target. That's it. That's gone. He, he's yeah, gonna, yeah. He's like, he's thank you. He's going to put it around you or under you, yeah. which is exactly what he did. Yeah, he did. But I felt that the angle that Edward was at, if he'd just stayed in his goal line, mm. then Edward has to cross it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was surprised that, that he did that. Having said that, mate, the the, the header from James Forrest that he, that he makes a save from that Christie then puts in the rebound it's uh, one of the best saves that yeah. I've ever seen it's an incredible <laughs> yeah, save yeah it was it was absolutely sensational it really was um, yeah, I mean he's obviously a main factor in how good their defensive record is these days They've, apart from the, the back line itself but he is he is the exceptional keeper at times and again I mean that Celtic you know, was, you know that could have been a lot more easily and yeah. the, the form they were in they were Pounding that net, do you know what I mean? They were absolutely rattling it for all angles, and as you say, pulled off some absolute screamers and and saved, you know, saved their blushes. And to be fair, it was kind of deserved. Do you know what I mean, it was there was a, a scoreline. It wasn't wasn't one of those ones you think oh it could have been could have been six, could have been seven, should have been. Yeah. They, they they done well to keep it the way it was. I thought. Do you know what I mean? Alessio will be delighted with that. It's oh three yeah. one because that's a that's a decent scoreline. You've scored a goal. Aye. You've only let in three. Yep. Celtic are rampant. And they were kept, on fire. Kept it down. So yeah. It's not going to derail the nope. Angelo Alessio feel good factor that's nope. been. Uh, Sort of coursing through Kilmarnock for the last uh, the last few games. Definitely not. And they walked out there with their heads held high, like. And, and to be honest, I mean that's not a oh, Celtic are much bigger, blah blah. blah. It's, it's the truth. Do you know what I mean, they, they, they are you are you uh, worried that Gaby's listening in? <laughs> I, hope, I hope he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think it was it was a, it was a decent performance. There was a lot to um, take away from Kilmarnock's performance that they, they played well in. Um, and they, and again, they, they scored. They went a goal up at Celtic yeah. Park. Uh, yeah. So the feel good factor should still be there. And I think again. Slip with slipping back, obviously with the better Fred Cup, they'll be going in with their heads held high. Um, for for the for the for this week, do you know what I mean? Their, their tails will be up and they're up for it. 
And of course, come on, it missed a penalty as well, which would have made yes. it three to a deserved uh-huh. penalty. Scott Brown was definitely. It, w- it was. Do you know at the time I saw everyone going, no, I never paid, I never paid. I was another one. Ultimate was a, yes. Stonewall penalty. Stonewall penalty. Um, it wasn't the best taken. Um, you have to look at Big Foster. Great save. Great save. And he, that's the first time Celtic in a long time I've had a keeper who does that. If he, if he comes up with a penalty, you think he's he's good chance of saving this, which is not what we ever had with Craig Gordon. It's not what we had with Scott Bain, but we. Is that a wee bit unfair on Craig Gordon? This is the statistics bear it up. It's just he doesn't save that many penalties. Most folk don't. He shouldn't save penalties, really. But got Foster just against the odds will save a good chunk of them. Possibly just because he's so huge. As long as he guesses the right way, he'll be blocking the goal. Do you know what I mean? But if you look at the numbers, um, Gordon's not a, a penalty saver, really. He just isn't, and neither's been. Foster, that's one of the things he does, and he did it again. It wasn't the best of penalties. It wasn't a bad one, but it wasn't the best of penalties, and he did save it. Um, a bit... I think 3-2 would have been an unfair score. Really, yeah. Yes, it would have been, um, to be fair. Just final very, very quick word on yep. James Forrest. You did mention that he had a good game. He was unplayable. Stephen O'Donnell will probably be having nightmares about him, <laughs> hunting him in his sleep. Um, is Forrest now Celtic's most important player domestically? I think he is. I think he is. Um, last season, I was sort of humming and hawing over um, him and McGregor for, for player of the year. And it, I mean, it was literally down to nothing in it. Um, and after I pulled up for McGregor, I was convinced otherwise um, by by certain people. Um, but yeah, you know, yes, he he's just he seems to he said like a couple of quiet moments this season, not much. Um, but he, he's just relentless, and no matter where he plays in the pitch, no matter what he's doing, he just does the job. He is, you know, it must be a nightmare to play against. You know what I mean? Seven goals and six assists yeah. in 14 games. That <laughs> tells its own story. Um, we're going to move on now to Rangers against St Johnston. Uh, I was covering this match yesterday. Thought St Johnson were pretty good actually in the first half, very well organised, and as the game went on, grew in confidence, started to cause Rangers some serious problems. And actually, they had by far the best chance of the first half when mm-hmm. Stevie May um, delivered a terrific little glancing header. He beat somehow managed to beat Hillander, who's a, who's a man, man mountain in the air, yeah. and flick it on to Michael O'Halloran. It was exactly what Tommy uh, Wright would have expected and, and dreamed of. That, that that combination would work out so well, the pace of O'Halloran um, and uh, the guile of May. And uh, Alan McGregor makes a wonderful stop. He's out like lightning, uh, stops the ball um, from Steve from um, uh, O'Halloran. Why am I forgetting his name? <laughs> Losing it. Uh, and at that point, you think, right, that's a, that's a, that's a huge let-off for, mm-hmm. for Rangers here. Um, they go in at half-time, and... In the second half, Rangers were like a totally transformed side. They were absolutely superb in the second half. Scored four, possibly could have been more. Very dominant. Um, Alfredo Morelos scores a terrific individual goal. It's bad defending from a St. Johnson point of view, but if you look at the way he rolls Tanzer and then just runs directly towards goal and then a terrific finish at the top of the net. I guess a good goalkeeper in Xander Clark. So... Yep. That's Alfredo Morelos at his very best. And from then on, Rangers just gained in confidence. And it was just a matter of time before they got the second, um, which they did. That puts the game to bed. That good header by Conor Goldson. And then St. Johnson just basically fold back into a very low block, just looking to keep the scoreline low. Jeremy and Defoe gets two extremely quick-fire goals. Just a bit of controversy surrounding that. The first one, um, there's a stramash in the box. St. Johnson, I think it's Murray Davison, takes a shot. 
It's cleared off the line by Stephen Davis, um, and uh, he, he does a brilliant job to clear it off the line. It looked mm-hmm. like it was over the line from the first first angle it did. Second yeah. one, not so Second much. Second one, it shows. It can't, for me, it's conclusive yeah. that it didn't, yeah. the whole ball didn't cross yeah, the line. Yeah, whole ball in it. Yeah. So Rangers break forward, and actually, what's been missed in this controversy is that it was a stunning, fast <sighs> counter attack and a great finish. Indeed, um, it was. I mean, obviously, half St. Johnson players were still like half turning round from complaining. And they just went. They were playing at the whistle, mate, and they were off. Um, I thought it was an inter- a very interesting game. It was. It was as you said. St. Johnson were good in the first half, but very good. They, play, they played, you know, a really good game of football. And Rangers were, you know, fairly poor for them. Second half, Rangers played a very good game of football, and St. Johnson kind of couldn't cope. Were a bit fairly poor, but it shows you the difference between St. Johnson having a very good first half, which got them in at nothing each. And Rangers having a good second half where they rattled four and could have been more. I mean, the difference in, in quality just was totally, it was very apparent. Um, it was surprising. I, th- I thought it was looking like a bit of a Euro hangover, I think, for Rangers in the first half. They, they were sluggish, they were slow, They weren't. nothing was linking up properly. Um, Morelos had that chance on goal earlier on, which, you know, I remember thinking, you know, eh, Edward would have buried that. Do you know what I mean? They kinda, this sort of thing. Eh, Ojo was poor, this kinda, their finish was poor. Second half, you were like, oh, right, there, well, there you go, because they were again unplayable that second half and it is St Johnston but they were you know everything that I've just said there was the opposite everything worked everything their link up play was excellent I mean uh, Morelos's goal his first goal um, as you said I mean he, tur- he rolled Tanzer a great individual goal though I mean he still had to all to do even, even once he'd rolled him and, and done the bit um, Jermaine Defoe coming on as a sub and been having that sharpness to be like, you know, straight out of the park getting the thing and another one like seconds later. That's twenty goals now yeah. from Rangers two strikers. Yeah. <laughs> We're not in October yet. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. pretty impressive. These two guys surely a stick on to get twenty goals each barring yeah, injury. Uh, uh, yeah, barring in- barring injury, there's, there's absolutely no way. If not, something badly wrong has has happened, do you know what I mean? Um but it was, you know, because obviously they the foe was at as well, to come on as a sub. Um, and have that sharpness and that freshness, even though St. Johnson were down the pitch, even though, they, I mean, they, they were reacting, but they were still slow to react after the complaints, but to have that sharpness to get up there, get do the thing, and again, do it so sort of after, very impressive. Do you I mean, you they know. lose a goal immediately after that as well. Uh-huh. It's basically two goals in two minutes. Yeah, and yeah. this one, though, was offside. Very, very marginal, very, very difficult for a referee or linesman to, to spot uh-huh. that, because we're talking... You know, fractions of of, yeah, of, of yeah. a shoulder or whatever, uh-huh. but uh, he is offside. Uh, but at the same time, it's a very, very good finish. So Rangers go in four 0 victors, and what could have been a tricky game, especially after that European tie. Yep. We're now going to move on to Aberdeen against Livingston. Now two 0 Aberdeen. You look at that on paper, you think that that looks fairly comprehensive. Yeah, yeah. and then you watch the footage <laughs> from the game, and you realise that Livingston have had several good opportunities in the game. Yeah. Surely should have had at least two goals totally. from the chances they had. Um, I think Erskine was the, the main culprit, missing a couple of really, really good chances. One that was set up by Marvin Bartley brilliantly when he robbed the Aberdeen of the ball in midfield and then just cut it back to him and he just basically swiped it thin air. Yeah. But at the same time, while Livingston were the better side throughout the game, Aberdeen just have that grit and they have it every year. Yes, but they do. And That's people it. write them yeah. off and people say they can't play football. <laughs> Um, but every year they have a terrific defensive record. They've got a better defensive record than Rangers, yeah. who have spent millions on that defence. Yep. And they just sort of quietly, behind this, sort of under the radar, as yeah. it were, grind out results. Yeah, yeah. And they've done it again. It's what Derek McInnes does. Do you know what I mean? And, and he does it every year. And every year, as you say, 
they get slagged and they get underestimated and they just do it every year that's kind of what they do and you saw that yesterday they were not playing at their best at all do you know what I mean they really weren't but they can, they will do that and they will grind the results that's why they always end up third or second do you know what I mean because even in, you know away you know they're playing away on a horrible plastic pitch that everyone hates. We have to say that. We that's have to trademark. say it. If it's trademark, Livingston, it's trademark. It's a horrible plastic pitch. Even the other ones aren't quite as horrible plastic pitches, but that one is. Look I've, at, I've actually stood on that pitch. Did you stay on your feet? It's nowhere near as bad as <laughs> you think from looking at the TV, honestly. Compared to horrific. the places I play football, or yeah. I was playing football before I gave up because I'm yeah. so crap, because <laughs> uh, I'm a fat git. Yeah. But compared to your average sort of five-a-side uh-huh. right. Astro, uh-huh. AstroTurf pitch, it's, it's actually gorgeous. Right. But... You know, it doesn't look great on TV. I'll, I'll be the first. It doesn't, and I'm sure he, he your man Costain, didn't think it was great. I mean, he, <laughs> up, up on his up on his neck, he's putting that penalty in. You know what yeah, I mean? You yeah. saw, and his ankle sort of, you know, twisted. I mean, yeah. you watched. I watched that again this morning just to kind of see. A lot of sore one. A lot of sore one, didn't it? And that's you know, that's your, that's your plastic pitch. Anyway, so you've got that. You've got you know, it's not the best place for them to go. Either side is like completely empty. It looks like they've been you know sanctioned by FIFA. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's just a grim, horrible environment. It looks like in the tail anyway. Sorry, Livingston fans. And Are you talking about Livingston the place or the stadium? Oh, don't get me started, Livingston the place. <laughs> As a man who lived in Bathgate for many years, yes. I can say that West Lothian. Has its flaws. It does have its flaws, but some <laughs> of the people are are brand new. I can say that. Yeah. Um, some of them. So yeah. So so yeah. So it's not an easy place to go. Not an easy team to play against either. Let's let's, let's be honest. They're, they're a good side. They're, they're hard to play against. They're hard to break down. They they should have really got something yesterday. And Aberdeen just go and do that thing that Aberdeen do. Um, and their away form as well, same as last year, I mean, that was their home form. So, yeah, it, it was impressive to see. Costain, again, I mean, that's him got, was that so, 11 goals? 10 goals. 10 right? goals. 10 or 11, 10 or 11. Again, do you know what I mean? He's he doing well. So, yeah, um, a good result and another sort of stealth performance, I think, for McGuinness. We go on to probably the shock result of the day, which was uh, Motherwell losing at home to Ross County. And they played some good stuff. They... As usual under Stephen Robinson, yeah. they go ahead. Yeah. Lovely goal, lovely passing Cracking. move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, continues this vein of of impressive football that they're playing, um, but they just sort of get pegged back and and almost in a way out muscled. Um, yeah. And Stephen Robinson after the game was saying, "Oh, we were a bit naive, uh, game management, and and th- that seemed to me like a, a decent summation yeah. of what went uh-huh. on." Yeah, yeah, totally. It was. Um, I mean, watching watching the all so the highlights, uh, they seemed to be. Everything going cruise control, everything totally fine, and I just had to slip away from. Obviously, Ross County's equaliser, I thought, so uh, was lovely worked, um, but it seemed to come out of nowhere. And after that, it just seemed to, I don't know, it just seemed to fall away for them. Um, and after that, it did look like there's only going to be one team in this. It just, and it's not, it's not really motherable. It's not how they sort of play. It's not what you expect for Stephen Robinson's teams. He has them organised in a certain way. They, they're, they're streetwise. His teams usually, they know what they need to do, and they know what each but, man. But maybe that's the problem in this change that he's made, bringing in more young players. He was always a manager that had streetwise teams. Yeah, you remember yeah. the, the sort of Louis Moult team uh, that got to the two finals. They, they were the epitome of streetwise. Yeah. But Perhaps that's what's frustrating them about bringing all these young players in. Yeah. The Jamie Scotts of this world are, are terrific footballers who look really comfortable in the style. Uh-huh. But you give up a little bit of that um, that dig and experience uh-huh. yeah. that, that brings you through these type of games. I think but, you might be right. I mean, he has bemoaned the fact that he's, he can't shout at players anymore as well. He, I remember seeing an interview with him a couple of months ago saying that very thing. So maybe that is a factor in 
that lack of dig can that lack of strength in them. Trying so. to use different man management techniques yeah. for the millennials. Yeah. Finally, we come to St Mirren against Hamilton. Um, I'm going to just skip over this game because it was so grim. Even the highlights were sending me to sleep. It was. Not it was helped by the fact that it was last on sports scene quite late at night and I was drifting off anyway. It's but a then this game choice. comes off. Yeah. There was one big moment in the game that I think we need to discuss, which was the red card of George Oakley. I it's think the, fir- yellow. The, the first yellow card, <laughs> it's a wipeout. It's one of those that we laugh because we're Scottish football fans. Yeah, it was if, pulling out though. If you, were, if you were German or French or Italian, yeah. you're looking at that going, that's Just, a disgrace. That's a disgrace. Yeah, I thought it was pulling out. It was, you know, ah, se- semi wipeout. Um, that was one of those um, halfway between yellow and red. It was. It was yeah. an orange. An orange. It was definitely an orange. Um, but. The sending off itself, the baffling. second yellow card, utterly baffling. Absolutely, there was nothing in it at all. Obviously, you watched it on sports scene, they rewound it a few times. I rewound it myself a few times extra to do that, just to kind of, just, there was nothing in it at all. I'd, I, don't, I don't think anyone even around was particularly after it or anything. I mean, it was, it was so nothing. And especially, I think if that was a first yellow, you'd still be saying it was absolutely baffling. And it was still, you would still think that's completely insane to give that. But for a second yellow and the implications of what that involves, to then give it as well, put over like, nothing at all, is, yeah, it was, it was, it was obviously it was the only interesting part of the game, but it was an absolute howler, do you know what I mean? An absolute howler. And of decision. course it can't be appealed because it's a, it's a yellow it card. Is. Yes. So you can understand <laughs> why Brian Rice then looked fairly upset. Slightly, yes. Um, in uh-huh. the aftermath of the game. Yeah. Listen, We've gone over time, so I'm going to have to stop there anyway. It was a, it was a, obviously a, a decent result for both sides. Ultimately, a point, yeah. will, a point will do. It's early uh, in the season, early in this relegation battle, which I'm pretty sure both teams will be involved in. Definitely. So perhaps both can go away once the the furore has died down about <laughs> incidents and be reasonably happy. But we're going to stop there. And that's all from us today here at Football Scotland. We'll be back tomorrow before 4 p.m. just in time for your daily commute. To continue the debate, you can contact me on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane and you can contact Jules at Captain underscore Howdy. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.